Um, there's a couple parts that made me feel uncomfortable, not going to lie. And this person was like, well, Dom, it's not for you. This movie's not for you. It's for women. Let them have something. Test, test, one, two, three. You know who I be. It's your boy, Dom Wall, a.k.a. Moral SP. Of course, I'm here with Carl, the homie. Welcome to Embrace Matters of Richmond podcast season four. If you're just joining us on our journey, Carl and I have been getting to know our community and the issues that threaten to tear us apart. On today's episode, we break down our second hit pick of the season, the absolute smash hit of last summer, Barbie. Please welcome our two special guests this time, Rachel Garman-Williams and Janae Downs. What's up? Hello. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Welcome to the pod. Super, super duper friends. New super duper friends to the pod. Um, We're glad to have you guys. Um, Now, you did see Barbie, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure. You know, you got to ask questions. Did the assignment. They say there's no dumb questions, but (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Also, uh, to your listeners out there, Happy New Year. This episode will come out at the top of 2024. So, Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. (laughs) Pre-New Year. We'll we have the first ones. We're the first ones. Happy New yeah. Year. I think that's it's like the one time we're actually on time for an event. Yeah. Usually we come afterwards. Exactly. We're on time for this this time. Um, but I, I always, not always, I have a new thing, like a new question for Small Talk now. And it's a, like a top five question. And I got a top five question for y'all. Top five in any order. Toys, childhood toys or games? Ooh. I mean, we're talking about Barbie. Yeah. And Barbie can definitely be one of them. Good choice, good choice. But top five toys or games from your childhood. I can go first if you need time to think about it. Yeah, you can take that first. Yeah, you can take that first one. Well, I'll just say one. I'll just say one of them. Um, Getting a Nintendo 64 Mm. when I was a kid changed my life. It, It changed my life. And 64 is on there, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, my mom never let me game. She was like, oh. school's so much more important, so she never let me game. I didn't get a console until I was at least 12. Oh, wow. Oh, we had, yeah, we had the consoles, but my dad was a huge computer, like, nerd and IT professional, so we had a computer, so we had this game um, that was putt-putt. Uh, it was a car that would drive around, and it has how I got my childhood nickname was because it couldn't pronounce Rachel no matter how we spelled it. So I yeah. was Rachel in every situation. So that is what my parents called me. But Rachel. it was like, we played, it was this like, little car that would go on adventures, like Putt Putt's Adventures. It was a Rachel. car. That's great. Uh, that'll stay between us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carl, what's the childhood game of toy you had? Five or just one? Or five, oh, just one. Let's start with one. It might be hard to think of five. I think one of my favorites. Oh, I got a couple actually. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it had this little Tonka van that had a moonroof, and mm. it was just like, like if you know anything about Tonka, those cars are dangerous because they're just <laughs> folded pieces of sheet metal. Yeah, it's yeah. straight Absolutely. up yeah, metal. It's not, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so, but like I could pop off some of the plastics, put a little LED lights in there. Amazing. You took, did that as like, a kid? I did that, yeah. Like I brought like the battery pack from another toy. <laughs> what was I doing with my childhood? It was, <laughs> it was all lit up. Yeah. Yo, I never knew that about you. Yo, that's so dope. However, it was so, it's like, it's appropriate because I would use my sister's Barbies to sit through the moonroof to drive it around. That's yeah. so dope, bro. We didn't have a Barbie car. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> all right. I think mine would have to be who wants to be a millionaire? I'm a huge nerd, Ooh. and I love trivia. That's so I remember playing that with my mom and my grandmother growing up. Mm. And I, it was my sole mission in life at that time to beat them in trivia. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So I like that we there was I had oh god it was a stupid toy it's called the Skip It. Oh yeah. Which I think Those was just designed. The, the was, shin, the yeah, shin destroyer. I think it was just designed to make you like send your kid outside because I would spend and like would see how many times in a row I could do that outside as it's just like, and I was like, I think this is just designed to be like, please go outside oh, and yeah. entertain thyself with this toy skipping around on one leg as you're just and, <laughs> over an 
children, like we never really looked at ourselves yeah. like doing it, so <laughs> we probably looked like complete stupid. idiots. Didn't like, it have a counter on it? It did. Yeah. It did. What was your personal record? I think one time in a row, I got it 400 skips in a row. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Because I would just, and I think my parents knew I was competitive. So like, because we also played Risk growing up, like okay. the board game Risk. Like I'm, I'm I, counting that in your top five. You can Risk or Skip It. Risk. Both Risk and Risk skip is it. a, we had to stop playing it at holidays because we get a little too competitive with each other. Intense. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. a little intense. Gosh. So what was your, like, were you better at Skip It or better at like Pogo Stick? Mm. Or did you ever have a pogo I stick? I never had a journey? pogo stick. So for, I always wanted one. I also always wanted a scooter, like a little razor scooter, but yeah. I never got one. I feel but like you'd be good at You have the balance for it. I The greatest gift I ever got, which I guess counts as my favorite toy, was a pair of like white uh, skates, like roller skates. Nice. It was like. Inline or. They were like roller roller skates because oh, like okay. I could do tricks on roller skates and like go fast and still like skate. back. I do still, still skate, yeah. And it was like, I think that was like, like, A, the best gift in toy, but it was like the best gift because I was at an age of like 10. I knew how, like, they were an expensive thing. So I knew when I got it mm. that that was like a valuable, like, yeah. oh, I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, a super soaker. Oh. That was a life changing. Um, my, I think my favorite, other than the N64, because that's not fair, but a toy, I got, this was back when Johnny Quest was still like, mm. You know, Hanna-Barbera ca- uh, cartoons were, like, <laughs> the thing. But I got a Johnny Quest little action figure where he turned, like, invisible if you put him in water. You know, because he was like a, no you know, like, he was That's like amazing. a James Bond type of, yeah. you know, him and Haji was, like, cool yep. and doing their thing. So it also came with this helicopter mm. that did really cool things. And you, like, it, it was almost like a little thing you kind of press and it spent the um the propellers yeah uh and it was so cool and i remember um i think one of my cousins took it and never gave it back so i think my second favorite toy would have to be like a remote control car it had like that long antenna oh yeah and i remember just like see how far far down the street it goes (laughs) (laughs) i remember because i lived in new york at this time Taking it outside and um, <laughs> driving it into the street. <laughs> um, didn't see that toy ever again. Oh, yikes. <laughs> cool. So uh, now we can move into our shout out segment. Um, and it's called Big Facts. Big Facts is where we, either me, Carl, or you guys, uh, will shout out people, organizations, or events happening already making a difference in Richmond. This episode's shout out goes to Bear Soul Yoga. Bear Soul is a diverse group of individuals that promote authentic quality professional services as certified yoga teachers, wellness practitioners, interns, and volunteers to make a social impact. Bear Soul exists to make wellness accessible through the vehicle of yoga to the Richmond community and to give each member of this community a safe space to come together in their shared life experiences. They offer a number of different things to all ages, colors, genders, and backgrounds to come together in compassion and growth. They offer group yoga, mindfulness programs, community programs, social wellness programs, private professional service programs, (laughs) um, you know, corporate wellness programs, in-school and after-school programs, uh, which is super mind-blowing and awesome. Um, So if you guys... Like that, check that out uh, on check them out on Instagram at Bear Soul Yoga. That's spelled B A R E S O U L Y O G A. That's Bear Soul Yoga. That's also they have a website www.bearsoulyoga.com. Um, have you guys ever been to Bear Soul Yoga? I have. I have not had the chance. Have you ever done yoga in your life? I have. I have done yoga. Yeah. Is it as freeing as? It sounds in what I just just read. <laughs> it's been a while, but I think I think so. Yeah, very like mindfulness activity. That's great. I've never done yoga. Well, don't tell anybody. It's a new though. year. It's a new yeah, year. You can try it's it out. Sure. Try it out. Couples yoga. Ooh, ooh. That's a. <laughs> There's like I guess you can do it like with your partner, yeah. or you can do it like with your partner. You know, I've seen stuff like that. I'm making gestures, so y'all. <laughs> yeah, you can't see this, uh, listeners, but Carl just put his hands together. Um, I would love to do yoga. 
I would love to do yoga with my wife. And with my luck, my wife is going to hear this and be like, ooh, let's do yoga together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like my body don't work that way. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, now is the time we move into our main squeeze section. We're going to talk about the movie that everybody's gotten here to talk about, and that's Barbie. Now, first of all, friends, let's just talk about first reactions <laughs> and experiences. Like, I want you to take a time, take your time to give your first reactions, but mm. give us like your first viewing of like how was it how was your first viewing of this epic whoever wants to start i'll start um i was vehemently opposed to watching this movie okay okay based off of the trailer um finally broke down and watched it um i'd say it's average Mm -hmm. i I think for me, more than anything, I had a very difficult time connecting with some of the characters, Mm. um, which makes a little bit of sense based off of who they casted um, as the main character. Okay. Okay. So your your viewing uh, experience, it was just... Like, you were just at home? Did you go to the theater? I bought it on Amazon Prime. Okay. And watched it at home. A little rental? With, yeah. Uh, watched it at home with the puppy. Okay. And I was with my husband. He watched the first five minutes. It was like, I will see you later. I'm going to go play some <laughs> video games. Because um, this is not for me. <laughs> uh, how much was the rental? Uh, six bucks. Six bucks. So, if you want to watch Barbie, six bucks on Amazon, y'all. Still that way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about you, Rachel? Um, so I saw it in theaters uh, with my spouse. Um, we saw it together like a few weeks after it came out and I was not sure on it cause I was not a huge Barbie fan growing up. Like mm-hmm. I hated anything pink. I did have a, a Barbie, but it was a Mulan Barbie. That's uh, different. That's different, different y'all. Is it? All of her joints moved. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Um, so I was just not sure what to expect. And, uh, I, in, I think I enjoyed, Elements of it, I always enjoy a type of humor that is playing at things, i.e. like the stupid feet staying the same. Like there were like, I love elements of play that are really dumb and stupid and things like that, of like Mm -hmm. making this ridiculous world. Um, It it hit in ways, I think, different for me, but also it was a very white-centric movie. Um, So there were things that I was like, oh, I see myself in that. And then it was like, we're still missing most of the population in watching this film. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was like, there were things that like, I was laughing at and there were things that didn't hit with me and land, but I was like overall being like, oh, okay. But I think I left wanting more out of it. Mm. Then it was like building to a point that it never got the point. Mm. Um, but like visually I was laughing at the gags and gaffes that were just like hiding in the background yeah. throughout it. And like others, like little, like those things were like, I got excited by with like small dumb jokes and um, disability representation, but like mm-hmm. I wanted more. Yeah. Out of the hype of it. I can see that. I can see that. Carl, what was your experience? Yeah. So mine was I. I was a little skeptical at first. I was the the camp that chose Oppenheimer over the summer. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah>. And <laughs> because of the hype and even some of like some of the people I respect, especially women had like encouraged men to go watch this mm-hmm. for, for a number of reasons. And you know, you could see the, the the intersections, like you mentioned, that exist within there, but also the divides, like with the commentary yeah. outside of the film. So like, you know, white centric. It's um, you know, it's it's definitely talking about men versus women and their role in society. And so that was my approach toward watching it. And when I sat down and watched it, it's like I can start to see how like they're like they're they're pointing out all these things that I can witness in our society and me as a, a cisgendered male participate in and even me as a cisgendered black male like I'm totally absent from this um and the the kins or the tyrones that were gone from the film the tyrones. um <laughs> yeah and I was I I think I could have like if I was in the right situation and mm-hmm. sat down and watch this i almost cried a few times during this this film yeah, mm. yeah like yeah. i felt it I like yeah. this is real and like it landed yeah it landed, it landed yeah. for me when it landed it landed but then it missed yeah, yeah it, it, like, it missed the landing yeah. like, you said you yeah. wanted more i wanted i definitely wanted more i don't think yeah. we're going to have that opportunity yeah yeah especially since i mean that 
as much money as that movie made, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that they force, I don't want to say force because that sounds bad. There's a good chance that they think of a clever way to have sequel. Um, <laughs> talk about spoilers yet? Spoilers. <laughs> um, but uh, that's a good that's a good segue before I share I share mine. Friends, if you are listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, we haven't spoiled anything yet. But we are about to spoil everything. <laughs> Do you hear me? So please pause this episode. Actually, rewind it to the top. Go watch Barbie and then come back and start it all over again from the beginning like you never heard anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's important. Now, if you don't care, then continue to listen. But just know this is your official spoiler warning. You will not be warned again. Um, okay, so my experience watching Barbie, um, I went during the summer. Um, I saw, I went to see Oppenheimer first. Loved it. I sweated through the entire thing because it felt hot and all of those things. The effects were something. But I was like, you know what? I can't. I got to be fair. Like, I'm going to just go see Barbie. I have the Regal Unlimited card thing. So I can just go see movies whenever I want. Turn around and go right. (laughs) I can just go see movies whenever I want. Uh, So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see Barbie. I woke up one Sunday morning. I mean, uh, one summer morning. And, you know, I don't know what it is. My favorite color is blue, but my spirit life color is black um in the middle of summer picture it moral support goes to shore pump town center in all black to see barbie and i'm in there and the 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 theater you're smiling because you know what's coming uh the theater is sold out (laughs) and i'm sitting in there in the middle of the theater not even on the aisle on the end i'm sitting in the exact center of this Theater, dressed in all black as a black man, and around me is a sea, is a sea of pink and blonde hair. Like it's like just I'm just engulfed Mm -hmm. in soccer moms, uh, mothers that Mm -hmm. that brought their daughter, all of them white, all of them blonde, or at least most, most of them blonde. Like some of them, you could tell that they rebleached their hair <laughs> just for this yep. moment, and it's you so know you I was like just, literally yeah. rubbing. Shoulders. Oh yeah, I'm running, yeah. And, and everything that happened, I'm looking side to side, and I'm like, wow, wow, you know. Um, so maybe yeah. it had that has something to do with my initial discomfort um, as a <laughs> as a black man. But when I saw it the second time, I didn't. I actually enjoyed it more the second time, mm. um, but. I remember watching it and being like, okay, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Whoa, wait, are they talking about me? I didn't do anything to anybody. <laughs> Any me, like, I don't think I got defensive, but like, I just remember being like, I must be the, one of the weirdest mans, men's, man, men. Yeah. <laughs> men, one of the weirdest men on the planet. Cause I feel like, I think it's because I was, you know, I was raised by my mother. So, like, women's point of view or seeing, I've always seen strong women, you know, and just, I understand the movement. I understand that. I understand what the problem is. But I also feel like I'm grouped into the, pro, like, I'm the issue, too. Mm. And I find myself not knowing what to change or fix because all I do is do my best to... um love everybody and accept them and lift them up. You know, I, I tend to cling to Bible verses that say, um, you know, uh, goodness gracious, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Mm-hmm. Um, v- value others above yourself. So if I'm putting everybody above myself, if I'm considering you over myself, there's no way that I'm discriminating against you. Um, so I try to keep that verse in my heart as I live my life. I do my best to do that. So I found myself in conflict, um, but I'm going on too, too far, um, diving into things. <laughs> I'm, I said this at the top of the show, friends, so that as we do these questions, we're, me and Carl are going to uh, kind of turn the focus over to Rachel and Jan, uh, Janae. Um, you won't hear any more from me. After <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so if yeah. you had to give the movie 
um, stars? How many st- out of five? Mm. Did we do out of ten last time? Or out of five. Five is appropriate. Five out of five. <laughs> how many stars would you rate it? Maybe two and a half, and I feel like that's generous. Wow, I give it a three. Do a three point eight. Okay. Oh me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a three and a half. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair. Um, that's a fair pick. So like, Barbie has been a cultural icon for decades. Like that's you know Barbie has like been firmly in pop culture for a long time. In what ways do you guys think that the movie stayed true to the classic Barbie image? I mean, I think a lot of it was how they, A, the lead of Margot Robbie, like you cast someone who was going to be that typical-esque Barbie, but there did be a lot of little things, like this shoe moment where she steps out on her feet or that same angle, because like something that drove me nuts with the Barbies was you couldn't, their feet were only this, like they couldn't walk normally. Um, but I think there was also like Barbie's always been this counterculture icon. Like she, her design came from a comic, and it became this whole she can do anything and be sexy, which mm. led to this weird doll that was <laughs> like unrealistic expectations. Yeah. But it was showcasing all the different careers that purposely Barbie was given, and I mm-hmm. love that it was like the Kens never actually had careers. Right. They were always labeled by where they were or in relation to like that. Which so mm-hmm. it was very fun of like you have. I'm beach. I just yeah. beach. Like, and it was like, that is the kins were labeled just by yeah. like low. They were accessories. Like, yeah. They were accessories. Like this. Wow. So I kind of loved that weird, like deep cut of the accessories of that, or like making it like the doctors and the, pre- like your president, like Supreme court was like, it was like, yes, these mm-hmm. are all like actual Barbie careers. Like Barbie got a credit card soon after it was passed that women could have a credit card solo by themselves. That's like, wild. Barbie was like very like was the first doll that had that for yeah. like it was very quick that Barbie had her own credit card very quickly in that yeah. era, so I love that as well as fun g- production gags of Barbie's to- like accessories were always the wrong size, like her hairbrush was always way too big for her to hold and so in the movie you see Margot yeah. Robbie with this like giant <laughs> hairbrush but the car is too small because the car was always too small like and I just love weird little details I feel bad for the production yeah. design team that had to like scale everything scale the tiny Corvette yeah, yeah. I, I was that. like but I was like that or like the fact that it is true like you never like as much as I try uh, in a friend's Barbie dream house like there's no way to go down the stairs like you literally just have to like move the Barbie like any dollhouse think of any dollhouse like and I would always try and shove dolls down the <laughs> stairs push them down the stairs <laughs> 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 can't you go through the doors this is stupid like that is like so it was like i always i just enjoyed those little weird like you, know, you just kind of float down yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I, th- I believe there was a voice that it's said a, at yeah. some point it was like if you were trying to make a point about like you know casting oh, margot like, robbie yes. yeah beauty yeah. <laughs> i did and i did love that like like nod to it i was like oh and i think that was like one of those moments that i was like you were so close to making it a point yeah, yeah. but we're skip not it. there yet <laughs> skip the rock the rock skipped on the surface <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 i think for me like as a cultural icon barbie was never it for me mm. um so i think that's why i had a hard time like uh-huh. seeing myself in like the film and really like trying to enjoy it Mm -hmm. um i always kind of felt a connection more to and this is maybe a blast from the past but bratz dolls Mm -hmm. yeah i saw that in there um for me like i have a bigger connection to them because there's more people of color Mm -hmm. Uh, that is true actually i never really put the two and two together actually um, like growing up, I never owned a lot of Barbie dolls, and if I ever had one, it was like a hand-me-down of one of my friends. Mm. So, like seeing it, it was difficult for me to kind of process at first, like all the things that are happening. But like thinking about Barbie dolls I did have, yeah, like you know the shoe moment, or like when she's sleeping in bed, nobody sleeps like right. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the interaction between the characters. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Like, do you all not have names? Are you nope. all Barbie? <laughs> um, and it was just like, there was no... It's just their hands are cupped. So yeah, they all are waves. Oh. Every, every time they raise their hand, it's a wave. They <laughs> almost kept that in the movie. They almost kept paddle hands in the movie. And they decided not to. <laughs> but, but what really got me was Midge. And they're like, oh, yep. I oh, thought yeah. we discontinued her. And I was like, <laughs> for what? Yeah. 
Um, and it's it kind of brought me to like real life and yeah. the connection between women in the workplace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how we're not expected to both be career women and mothers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, do you think the movie, like, um, at least with, with your point, do you think that the movie presented something new that I guess you weren't, other than what you just said, but anything new that kind of was a different perspective that you weren't expecting? You said the Bratz think- dolls and... They were the correct me if I'm wrong. They were the, they were the teenage girls that was at the table, right, when she went to the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, America Ferrera's daughter. Yeah, those are Bratz. Yeah, those are supposed to be the Bratz. Her daughter. Her daughter is supposed Sasha, to be, which is a Bratz doll. doll. That's wild. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Carl's having a good awakening. <laughs> I told you, that, hey, every every reaction is real in this podcast. I mean, like he said, like, oh yeah, I saw that. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was potting. You thought I was just potting, y'all. <laughs> and like the daughter saying, you know, I stopped playing with you when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, mm. which the look on Margot's Robbie's face as Barbie, I was just like, dang, that must that must cut deep because as a kid, you were mm-hmm. either in the Barbie camp or the Bratz camp. Yeah. You couldn't be in both. Yeah, mm. that's wild. Yeah, no, it was, it yeah. was really. That is wild. Um, <laughs> the the main character in the movie is a white woman. Uh, do you think the storyline and themes are relatable to women of different ethnic backgrounds? I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Because for me, as a cisgender black woman, the only black woman of notoriety that I saw in the movie was Issa Rae. And she yeah. plays the role of the president. She has right. her, her career. Um, and growing up, there were, I didn't have like a, a lot of black Barbies or baby dolls. So I think looking at the representation line and then looking at who they cast as the main character, um, I don't think it's truly relatable. Mm. Like if I look at my experience as a black woman and then I look at a white woman's experience, it's vastly different. Two different struggles. Two different struggles. We're both women, but our struggles are different. Um, so, like, when I look at Barbie, cast by Margot Robbie, like, she's, like, having these thoughts of, oh, death. Uh, all these other things that have been, I guess, pushed to the forefront based off mm. of America Ferrera's character yeah. beginning to, to draw things. Um, and have reflections on her own life, mm. which I think also begs the question of, is that also, you know, Margot Robbie's experience? Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, like, how do you feel about the representation in the film and the effort to be representative, like with a black president, like those doctors, lawyers, but even... Yeah, like, it felt shoehorned. Okay. Like, I, like, I don't know a good way to say it, because I was yeah. like, the storyline, I was like, sure, things that are relatable, patriarchy. Um, but, like, white women notoriously exclude. Like, the whole suffrage movement, it was like, white women could vote. Thank you. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this film, like, it was like, sure, we all understand patriarchy, but it comes very different for, like, white women's struggles. So it felt like... And I love Issa Rae and America Ferrera, but it felt very much like that casting felt very specific. Mm-hmm. And like to give that Issa Rae was the president felt like this is going to be the correct move. Because mm-hmm. um, it was like also like Issa Rae is a comedian of like, I think they felt they couldn't make Issa Rae like the weird Barbie. But I was like, also in a weird way, that would have been the correct choice because mm-hmm. there were so many people that didn't have a Barbie that looked like them. So people yeah. manipulated Barbies to like, it wasn't just that weird Barbie existed. It was that yeah. people made Barbie look like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it felt like they were just constantly oh, yeah. trying to f- solve the problem that it was like, unfortunately, you can't solve it when the story you've written is for white women. Even the joke mm-hmm. of depressed Barbie. And like, I was laughing really hard. <laughs> A little too hard as my spouse would. I was also dressed in all black. Uh, Travis was in pink. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Travis. I was, I was laughing too hard at the depression 
But then it stopped being funny to me. Like, because it was like, I'm related to like that. Where it lost me was like, I've never watched Jane Austen seven times in a row, but I do know other white women who've done that exactly. Mm, And I was like, that joke, I was like, that was a very specific joke that is not funny to me. Like, that is a very specific depression line or also that privilege to be like yes when you're depressed you can lay in bed all day and watch Jane Austen Um, which I do without being depressed I've I've never watched Jane Austen and I feel like missing out I have some Um, love actually Uh, while while we're here could you uh, I guess just throw out some of the things you thought did resonate with white women Mm. I mean speaking to like some things you thought like oh these are probably the things that stuck out to me that would resonate with a with white female audience um i think honestly like there a lot of the music choices were very it was very barbie land was very white music like closer i am to find like i also guffawed very loudly but i was like indigo girls is a very like specific like music subset um i think also the guitar on a beach scene oh yeah Mm -hmm. hilarious but it was like that very much experience felt like a very specific part of society has had to be there where guys like hey i brought my guitar <laughs> and i'd like and i have had that happen to me the ken Corn. i have had it, that oh, happen I, I to me it. like of someone being like i'm just gonna play it i was like no we're okay okay this is happening but it was like what song that, was ken playing oh on the beach because my wife had a reaction to that song it was because she loves that song but she was like he's butchering it it wasn't matchbox 20 it was um is it Google Toss? Oh my gosh. It's going to come to us. It's going to come to us. It's going to come to us. It's going to come. Because it was, it was, it was, it was just that moment was like very funny in that yeah. essence. And then. Yes, uh, you were right. It was Google, which one? Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Mm. Which song was it though? Push. 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 <laughs> I want to push you over. Uh, <laughs> which is also a breakup song. <laughs> He's talking about leaving, like. Which is the funniest thing, but I that's took, the song. Yeah. But it was like that that joke was like hitting or like the, mm. you know, Ken's not being helpful like Ken in the real world, the first instance of like, I think where Barbie's being dominant when they first go into the real world mm-hmm. and Barbie's like butt gets slapped and Ken freaks out and she's like very self-righteous about it. I was like, mm-hmm. that felt very much funny to white women because that's what we can do in situations and get... Can you tell me more about that? Uh, like, I... <laughs> I can. Um, I feel like, especially as, like, as a white person, like, there is a privilege to yell and get angry and, like, be justified in things that is not afforded to women of color. Mm. And, like, a mm. safety and the ability to do that of, like, there is, like, white women are a lot further along in terms of patriarchy, like, dealing with that than women of color get that aspect of, like, you saw how America Ferrero was treated in the real world. She didn't get to speak up at all, but Barbie got this whole moment of like yelling at people on the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. Or standing in a yeah. boardroom full of men and yeah. you're like, you know what? I'm not going to go in the box. Yep. And that was, I, a, and she got the choice. I was like, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, you get a choice. You get a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, on, the, on, the, on the other hand, do you think that there are some moments in the movie that resonated with non-white females I think that's that's or specifically you I think that's a difficult one I think America Ferreira's speech yeah she's trying to snap all the other Barbies out of this like haze of patriarchy that the Kens have brought down on Barbie land that they Mm. called Kendom Um, (laughs) I think that hit with me more than anything I think that's one of the only times I cried mm-hmm. um, because I get that as someone who has decided to put the career first and like defer having kids mm-hmm. um, or friends that I have that are people of color and they have decided to do maybe the exact opposite mm-hmm. um, or feeling like justified in um, how we tackle the world. Yeah. I think that hit with me more than anything. I think I was more annoyed mm. throughout the the entire movie um, than anything else. <laughs> it helped solidify my decision of I knew I was right not to watch this movie. <laughs> mm. Well, it's, I think it was also a weird choice. I love Lizzo, but it was a weird that Lizzo was doing the title song behind Barbies 
like Margot Robbie's sequences, and mm-hmm. then Lizzo did the influence of that, and it was just this very weird like. Uh, like what drove me nuts in that storyline was it was p- women of color were playing supporting roles, and even though you had America Ferrera being this lead, it was still Barbie that solved yeah. it for everyone. Generic Barbie. Yeah. Generic Barbie that yeah. solved Stereotypical it. Stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. And like just a background singer again. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. like, so, and it was great, hilarious lyrics, but you were they were getting lost. A lot of people missed when the lyrics changed to when things were going wrong, the lyrics yeah. changed, and not everyone yeah. could... No. I only you. heard it in the beginning and then nothing else after that. Yeah. The lyrics change noise. when the day's going badly of like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah it does change. Um, in the moment that America Ferrera makes her monologue, her, her speech, which, I mean, that was powerful. Both times mm-hmm. I felt it. Um, because I have a mother again and I saw her. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, in that scene, all the Barbies that are there, other than Margot Robbie, was it all minority Barbies? Other than Weird Barbie and Margot Robbie. I, I don't know if they're minority. Because minorities. it's yeah. Met, Met, um, Met Tolly. Okay. She's, as she's, I think she's the video Barbie with the video yeah. on her oh, back. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's the other, um, like, brown-skinned Barbie. Yeah. To, like, she had the curly, girl. yeah. Yep. And I'm trying to think of who else was in that scene, but I'm wondering, it's like, Weird Barbie, like, the with Weird Barbie is, like, the minority. The other mm-hmm. Barbie. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like, cast out of society type of Barbies, I guess. Discontinued. But discontinued yeah. Barbies. Um, Put out to pasture. I was just wondering. <laughs> what else can we say? What else can we say? I'm not trying to point out something that's not there. I'm just trying to, like... I was wondering, I was like, is this all Moonovers? I don't know. No, yeah, well, I think it was, what was interesting to me is, like, I did cry in that speech, and then later, as I was, like, just looking it up and reading it, I was like, I wanted the action item out of it, and that sounds so weird, because it was, like, for me, a lot of that felt like, it, I was, like, crying, but it was a moment of, like, yeah, it is always these ask, and then, and then I was like, but I somehow just wanted one, like, so what does it matter? Let's mm-hmm. do it. I was like, I just wanted one, like... What does it matter? Let's do like let's do what we want to. Let's make change. But it was just the like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in terms of representation, do you think the movie did a good job of portraying different body types and beauty standards? I think they did better than a lot of films do, mm-hmm. but I think they were worried to go further and like especially like speaking more from like disability perspective Mm -hmm. um of often in movies when there's a disability character their whole storyline is around their disability and that's the storyline they're not allowed to be so i loved that there was a wheelchair user that was never talked about and not only was she in the dance sequence she Mm -hmm. appeared other times because that is often movies will be like well that one scene had one character in the background Mm -hmm. um so they prominently featured her dancing and then she popped up again Mm -hmm. i some lines would have been nice to be like as yeah. a character like being a doctor like seeing her in what it was her career role yeah. um and the other was i think one of the president's assistants um was an amputee a limb amputee mm-hmm. um because it was uh, that is actually that actress's old arm mm-hmm. uh prosthetic wow. which is just pretty sweet yeah um but again she did have lines that it was like featuring so like i least appreciated the featuring actors with disabilities without commenting on it but I think it missed the mark in body type differences. Mm-hmm. You only had, I believe, one main character that was like outside of the normal size range, mm-hmm. and it, like in the main like pack of characters. Yeah, and that didn't line up with actual Barbie lines. Yeah, and I that's was, come out. Correct. No, I mean I think they've gotten better, but I was like, part of me wanted to be like, if you want to make that statement, then more people in body have body have more body diversity mm-hmm. versus like because as a friend of mine who's a costume designer pointed out that is also the only character that had a corset as opposed to a brassiere mm-hmm. in scenes so you had a difference in costuming there versus being like and it could have been the actor wanted a corset instead of a bra yeah. okay. uh, like could have been something along those lines but it was just like ooh, if you wanted to go body diversity route when you just do one person mm-hmm. it yeah. looks weird yeah yeah, I want to say there was a plus size actress. She was a mm-hmm. lawyer. But I think outside of the ones that you've identified, I don't think there was a lot of diversity in like body types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or are there are there any plus size Barbies like 
on the shelves? I don't know. No. Okay. And also, kin. There was no kin diversity. Like, kin, like they're all attract, like attractive men. Yeah. Shredded. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Alan. And then, and then there's, there's Alan. Alan. <laughs> Big Alan. Shout out to Alan. Yeah. He played that Alan's role. Alan's just trying. <laughs> Alan's just trying. Um, and actually, that was going to be my next question about: Do you think that the movie um, addressed the unrealistic beauty standards that Barbie has been famous for throughout the years? I think they tried. They, they tried. But like I think the the, the, the tongue in cheek line of like, if you wanted to make that joke, you shouldn't have cast Margot Robbie. Marvie, yeah. And I think with Rhea Perlman as a creator, they were trying to have that, but it was like, they didn't ever say it. And I was like, I think it's okay to say it. Like I think I wanted more of that. Like, yep, we realize this yeah. is an unrealistic expectation or standard, or it's a fantasy toy. Like, like making those, I was like, I think it missed the opportunity to go full into that. And I was like, you made it so far to tongue and cheek it. Mm. Just get over the get, hump. Get over the hump. Go for it. Like, do another right. big speech. Like a big speech on, because it was like, again, like Barbie was created off a comic and I forget the comic in the 40s that was like mm. a, the black and white straight bathing suit. There was like a woman. And so like Barbie was created yeah. it was the, to um, have this thing of like, you can be both. You can be attractive yeah. and do these job things. Like oh, yeah. That, was, and they said that, too. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so it was like Barbie was meant to be both. Um, and it became this, like, staying with that body type. But it was like it was meant, it was designed after that because it was meant to be a commentary on you can be pretty and yeah. you can have a career. You can do both of these things at the same time. You said the 40s, right? I think it was the is 40s. That, that is that around the time? Out. Is that World War II? Um, just yeah. So yeah, just that's yeah. right after World War II. Because um, I'm wondering if that lines up, that line of toy comes out and lines up with um, women going into the workplace after the men go to war. Well, I think it was like the yeah, like the 50s. Because the Barbie own. came out in the 50s, I want to say. Barbie mm. came out in the 50s. So that would like be right in that like Right after. My tracks. That's yeah, right. yes. That's right after the men come home. Yeah. Right before they go right back out mm-hmm. for the Korean War. The Korean War. Yep. Right. Because so. yeah, women couldn't get their own credit card until the 70s. 76, yeah. I want to say, or something. Yeah. yeah. We're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did you guys, I mean, just quick question. Did, did you guys see any um, kids, or did you have any kids around experience the film? No, but my oh. students, like, had been begging me to watch the movie <laughs> since school started in August. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm not watching it. Absolutely not. Did you tell them that you're going on a podcast to talk about it? Yes. And they're like, did you finally watch it? And I was like... Yes. I'm completely fine with high schoolers listening to our podcast, Carl. Yeah. yeah we don't want um, to do nothing crazy up here. But they were very, very happy that I watched it. Like, what did you think? And I was like, I didn't love it. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Shout out to Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have kids, but I like watching with people. There was a line that stuck with me that I keep trying to get my mother to watch the film because I know she's going to follow up this line. <laughs> Um, which was the line of like, what are mothers to do but stand still and watch your children go forward? Oh, I loved that line. And I loved it. And I, I was like, this film was full of so many good lines that I was like, if you had just gone down that track of these specific lines and just told that story. Yeah. Um, but that line hit hard. And then the montage of all of which was all actor and crew kids, all those clips were from the actors and crew. Sourced fo- footage? Yep. Yeah. All the sourced wow. footage in that oh, moment. So cool. And I was like, mm. I just love that because I was like, what a simplistic way to describe parenthood in this not like, you know, the full occupation, but like just letting someone grow and expand. And I was like, if you told that story of the toy, the toy is meant for you to grow and expand. Like it's a, a catalyst. But I was like, I just love that. And I know for uh, m- many folks that have had kids, like friends of mine, that they bawled at that line. Like mm. it was a friend of mine has a two year old, and she was like, I lost it. <laughs> she was like, I lost it at that line because it hit so hard. Mm. Of like, my job is to just make sure you're good, but yeah. You have to go. You lead first. I follow. Yeah. Um, last question, y'all. Um, coming down to the end here. Uh, considering the huge impact of this movie, um, culturally, in the within the media, and how much money it made, um, do you believe this movie can contribute to positive changes in how women are portrayed in mainstream entertainment? Like, do you think more positive, you know, positive representation will come because of it? Or do you think? I think it'll take a bit, like, because it was a better Bechtel test, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) version of the film. But I think the problem is, like, you have a lot of studios 
that are like, oh, let's make other toy movies. And it was like, no, this was not the story. Yeah, Battleship didn't this work. This was not the point. Battleship like, didn't work. We didn't need it. Yeah, it was like, you know, I think the answer is yes, but it is like that it takes time for it to really see what the impact was, which was when you have, and yes, it was a white woman telling that story, but it was like that was the impact of when you let someone tell their own story, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Hmm. Um, and so I think the answer is, and I think you had more people like, like, cause there's been, especially in the shut, like the shutdown and everything, a lot more indie films coming out that are like that deep message. And also mm-hmm. you can have a story be a simple story. I mean, as complex as Barbie seemed, it was a very simple hero's journey story. Um, but I think it will, I think it, unfortunately it's going to do that weird thing where it goes too far the wrong direction and then mm-hmm. journeys, journeys its way back. But I think unfortunately it'll take a while, especially for a non-white story for women to be told that way. Got you. Okay. I think, um, to kind of echo like what you said, I think it is going to take a while. I think in the media, not even talking about the like representation of women in Hollywood, but also talking about men too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the encounter that uh, Ken has in the real world, and he brings mm-hmm. patriarchy back to Barbie land, <laughs> only like feeds that whole idea of toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. becoming more and more of a topic of conversation yeah. um, in society. That too needs to be kind of fully fleshed out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because he starts crying and he's like, I've never cried before. And she's like, it's okay. Like it's kind of like relieving to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's twofold. Like I think there's a journey and a story that's to, meant to be told from like men's perspectives, mm, and that yeah. it's okay mm. to show emotion. It's okay to not be a manly man. Like it's okay. Uh, mm. But I think also from that, from the woman's perspective, it's okay to be a mother and have a career. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have thoughts and feelings and ideas. Mm. And, like, really flesh out who you are outside of, like, what role has been prescribed to you. Yeah. And might I add to Ken's side of things? Because <laughs> that's the only thing I can add to. <laughs> um, but it's it's okay to make mistakes and not get the girl. Mm-hmm. It's okay to just be a friend. I love that which indie. that's a perspective I that, that I can speak to. Yeah. I have a lot of female friends. A lot. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It took me a while to learn it myself. Because I always felt like, oh, man, like, you know, sh- I am the most chivalrous, mm-hmm. like, you know, flowers, candy, you know, all that. Just like, but, you know, I'm, not, I'm never getting the girl. I got the girl, though. I'm married now. But I'm good. I'm good. I, got the, I got the girl. Um, but I, I think that was a huge thing that you were talking about, like, him realizing, like, man, I'm, it took him a while. But um, him not getting the girl, but still feeling like she's a part of his life in some way Mm -hmm. um and friendship is okay and and i think that's that's definitely a topic i agree that um could be cinematically shown maybe the next movie is not barbie but maybe it's ken (laughs) just ken yeah Yeah. well (laughs) you you said something earlier before we record started recording is Mm -hmm. that this movie is not for us yeah i think i disagree it's not about us that's true but it's for us because like there's Mm -hmm. definitely an anecdote that men need to hear that we need to like take down patriarchy. We need to take mm-hmm. down our dominance and uh, like relieve ourselves of the entitlement that Ken had and all the other Kens, um, and have more respect, mm-hmm. you know, for circumstances like what Barbie was going through. There's a, there a lot of lot of uh, perspective shifts, and she said herself, cognitive dissonance. Everybody mm-hmm. had their cognitive dissonance in this mm-hmm. show. So, like, yeah. this was definitely for us to to be an audience to. Yeah. And yeah. I agree now, especially for, with you guys' input and stuff like that, sitting and listening to you guys' responses. I said that because that was said to me. Mm. When, actually, um, I'm being vulnerable with you guys. This is a safe space. <laughs> um, that was said to me. Actually, um, I was kind of getting open with someone. I said, hey, I, you know, I saw it. Um, but like, it just, I just, there was a couple moments that made me feel really uncomfortable. And I said that early at the top of the pod, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple parts that made me feel uncomfortable. Not going to lie. And this person was like, well, Dom, it's not for you. This movie's not for you. It's for women. Let them have something. And it just, it made mm-hmm. me feel so bad. Wow. And I said to them, I was like, well, you know, um, as a black man, most things aren't for me. So I'm used to it. I'm used to going to see movies that doesn't have my hero in it or doesn't have the person that I can connect with. I'm used to that. 
So that's not that's not the issue. Um, but just to see that response from someone to be like, it's not for you, like kind of sticking it mm. into my face. I was like, man, that doesn't. I'm sure this movie wasn't trying to divide things right. more. Right. You know, like in this conversation, hopefully this conversation helps someone and brings about togetherness, because I agree with Carl um, and, and Rachel and Janae that uh, it's for everybody. You know, um, I think everybody can learn something from this, uh, too. You guys have any last thoughts before I close? I think it's worth the watch, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're like me and <laughs> you're like, I don't want to watch this. High praise. Um, it has a message like mm-hmm. woven in it. Is it a little cloudy? Yes. But uh, I do think it's worth a watch. Um, I might even watch it a second time just mm-hmm. to see if I can pull anything else out of it. Yeah. Um, it's more than just Barbie. It's like there's a, there is some other things in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. I think it had a lot of impact as a as a film. I think what they weren't even aware was going to happen were discussions after the film and things like that. Or like, which I would have loved some like. I don't know if I want to dialogue questions from them, but like for you, Dom, that like that shouldn't be someone's reaction to it. <laughs> like this is ours. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but having, I think it has opened up dialogues, and I think the people that are wanting to have those conversations mm-hmm. are, and I think there are the people that are not running with that, and I think it, that is what something. I don't think they could have anticipated the dialogues that happened after the film came out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Carl, you have any last thoughts? No, you said it, and it's been said. Yeah, uh, Rachel, before we close, do you want to plug any things, Bridge Nine? You've been shouted out on this podcast. Oh. You've been <laughs> a big facts segment person already. What's but going on now? now that you're here, <laughs> you want to just kind of like plug, say, tell us, tell the audience what's going on with Bridge Nine, what's all the things. You do a lot, so what's all the things that's I happening? Uh, well, I'd love to plug Bridge Nine Theater. Um, so we are a new improv theater in town. Our mission is to con- what, what? Yep. Uh, connecting communities through laughter. Um, so we wholeheartedly believe that everyone in the community, regardless of their backgrounds or anything, should be able to come and laugh and have a wonderful time yeah. doing shows. So we are big on community partners, doing give backs to the community, finding ticket discounts, doing outreach programs. Uh, so you can find us at Crescent Collective. Um, you can also follow us online at Bridge Nine. It's the number nine improv. Ooh on Instagram or Bridge Nine Theater on Facebook or our lovely website, bridge9theater.com. Awesome. (laughs) You guys, make sure you follow those things. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us on this. This was a very constructive conversation. I would chalk it up to me. It may be, don't tell Taylor Scott this, but it may be our best hit pick breakdown ever. Um, But hey, it's still early. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, please make sure you support us by subscribing. Uh, follow us on Instagram at embrace underscore podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts um, or on Spotify, please consider living, uh, leaving a review or um, just kind of answering one of the questions on Spotify. I know they have that new thing there as well. Um, on our next episode, Carl and I will be starting the second topic of our season. So join us as we educate ourselves on gun violence. We love you guys and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.